0: This is the Let's Talk podcast with doula Ruth Dennison. Hi and welcome to the Let's Talk podcast with myself, doula Ruth Dennison from One to One Doula and Breastfeeding Support and today we are going to speak on infant loss. Today I have with me Stacey Anderson who's going to speak with me in regards to her experience um, with her the loss of her child. Stacy, would you like to introduce yourself and say hello? Oh,
1: hi guys. Yeah, my name's Stacy Aniston I'm a mother of four, including Kyan, my son that I lost. He was um three weeks old when he died, twenty one days. He was born at twenty seven weeks and three days gestation. Um initially his prospects were good when he was born and everything was uh everybody was kind of feeling optimistic in regards to his um his outlook um but towards literally the day the morning before he passed away that's when everything took a turn for the worse up until that point he was doing really really well um
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In the fourth of January, in the morning, in the early morning, he sort of took a turn for the worst, which was a bit of sh- bit of a shock for for everybody, uh, medicals, the doctors, the nurses, and obviously myself and my family because it just wasn't expected okay. at
0: all. Yeah, um, do you mind just speaking to us a little bit about? the day when you went into labour how that felt and how how was the process in regards to when you went in how how was things dealt with as you went in and you felt you was in labour can you just let us know a little bit about that
1: yeah so um the evening that I went into labour um I knew straight away that you know that I was actually in labour. I mean, Kai was my fourth child, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: I could say that there was a bit of experience of what the signs would be. But when I went into the hospital, um, I felt like I was just fobbed off because mm-hmm. before we actually left, I went and um, I could feel like a pressure on my on my rear end, that it was really, really pushing. That you know, like the the um, for mothers, they would know that. Yeah. Just, or you give birth to a baby, there's that pushing on your on your rectum. Yeah, so that's that pushing, but, um... and that's what I was experiencing. So anyway, when I went in, I'm um, uh, they. It wasn't really hasty with, you know, I'm telling them how what was what I was feeling, and they was like, okay, you know, you just need to wait and wait to see the nurse. But I was sort of like, I'm in labour and I can feel them um, that. You know, my my child will be coming anytime soon, and in in the meantime, while I was waiting, you know, I was I started to bleed, etc. And I, I let them know, I let the lady at the, the counter notice that I need to be seen imminently, and so she sort of rang through, and then I, I was seen. But I just felt that I wasn't I wasn't being heard, mm-hmm. I wasn't being heard to what I was experiencing. You know, I I, I remember that. One of the nurses was saying, no, oh, you know, because when, when I was uh, eventually seen, mm-hmm. she was sort of trying that she put on the, the
2: machine to see if she could detect con- my contractions. Yeah.
1: But the machine wasn't actually picking it up, but I was telling her I could still... You know feel what i was feeling she's like yeah. well the machine's not picking it up and i was saying well maybe it's because of the size you know he's not really that full term and you know it's not really picking picking up what i'm feeling yeah and she was like oh no, no no if the machine's not picking it up then you know everything should be fine you're strong you're strong and i'm like well if i'm telling you that you know what, this is happening um
0: yeah you should know
1: what is happening you should should be listening so that that was with uh, a nurse because i kept on pushing and pushing and saying like i need to be seen i need to be seen because i can feel uh i could feel the pushing Mm -hmm. on my rectum so then she called through to um a doctor and um
0: so the was doctor. they going? Was they trying to send you home before they called the doctor? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They said that everything should be fine. They was trying to send me home, and I was like, wow. "No, I'm not going home. I'm not going home because I know what I'm experiencing." So they was like, "No, you should be all right." But I I was very, very persistent. Yeah. To the point, that I was. I was getting really. You know, I was getting upset at this point. So that's when they sort of called the doctor. But it was all with a sort of like a blase it was a kind of lase attitude but because of my persistence that's when they ran through to the doctors and that's when the doctor done uh, a physical vaginal examination and as soon as the doctor done that the nurse that was telling me that you know i'm strong and that everything's gonna be fine and no contractions was picked up on the, the monitor her mouth dropped mm-hmm. as soon as our, the physical examination was done. Oh she, her mouth dropped and she started rubbing my legs, you know, saying sorry. She's apologizing. She put a hand over her mouth. And the, oh I was God. basically 10 centimeters, I was nice. dilated fully.
0: Wow. And she was so, gonna like, send you home. I'm surprised they didn't try to do an examination them themselves. They just gave you, uh, or to even ask you if you've lost any, um, if you're having any mucus. Did you already tell her you was bleeding as well? No,
1: yeah. When I went, I told her, but when I went, when she, she was just, um, you know, just she just seemed uninterested. She took my blood pressure oh, no. and you know, like to try to detect the contract the contractions, but she was just like drink some have some water um if i want painkillers and i was like i don't really want painkillers i just want to be seen i just need i just need to be seen because how i was feeling so yeah they did the internal examination and last uh when they saw that i was um dilated that's when you know everything uh, yeah took off as loads of doctors in the room i was rushed from that Uh, examination room to the actual um, the birthing room Yeah, and I was given they gave me some they gave me something sort of just to see if they could slow things down but um, yeah that's it just yeah
0: Was you with anybody when you went into the hospital or was you by yourself?
1: No I was with my partner I was with Einstein Mm-hmm. I was with Anthony, we all went actually I was with Anthony and my two youngest children. Mm-hmm. So he we we all went together then obviously he had to leave to drop the kids because that's when he realized like I am in fact in labour. So he went to drop the kids and then he came back as so it was me and Anthony together. I mm-hmm. he was gone from that and so before he came back. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then you gave birth to your as your, your your um son, and I'm guessing they whisked him away straight away. Did they let you look at him, or did he go? Did they take him straight away away from you?
1: No, we got to look at him. We got to look at him for very, for a few minutes, and then that was it. Because they when he was born, they had to intubate him, which was really um, nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. Because when he came out, you know, we couldn't hear anything, didn't hear any cries or anything like that. So they, they uh had to intubate him, they showed him us just literally a few minutes and then that was it. He was whisked off to uh, um the ICU N I C U neonatal intensive care unit. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: yeah, so I would um like even through the process of labor it was it was it was interesting. Cause again I felt really um patronized. I had mm-hmm. I had a um the my mid the midwife that I had, sh- she was really good but there were so many different, you know, uh, medical professionals in the room due to the circumstances. Yeah. It's, it was like even when the just the few minutes before he was coming out I was saying to one of them that I could feel his feet. But he was breached. Yeah. He was breech coming out. I could feel his feet. And they was like, oh. You know, again, like, obviously, I was in, I was laying down. And the position that I was in, they were telling me that they can't see anything yet. One of one of the um, middle guys, I think she was training. Is so that... I told Anthony, <laughs> I told Anthony, um,
0: is this one they've already confirmed that you i uh, was dilated or was this yeah
1: this, okay. this is obviously when they've confirmed they've already confirmed that i've 10 centimeters dilated mm-hmm. and um yeah i was saying i could feel these feet coming out so, so it was like oh, i can't see anything at the minute i can't see anything so i just told my partner oh.
2: these
1: people are not listening to me and he just knew from my my, my persona that i was just at that point Fed up. Yeah. So he he sort he sort of looked and he said, "Look, um, my son's feet is coming out." And, um,
0: did, Yeah. Did they look? Uh, did they look then? Yeah. The my uh, the
1: midwife that was actually assigned to me, she looked. She came and looked, and then she just pulled like a red a red a okay. red lever. And yeah. Then, yeah. The
0: emergency um, alarm. Yeah. Exactly. And then everyone came into your room.
1: Yeah. And he was born and, and taken to NICU. So I had to get ready after that. It was just it. It was all a, um, a lot of adrenaline rush. So I was just like, you know, it was a bit of, it was adrenaline rush and a bit of a blur. It just, even now speaking about it, it just feels so surreal. Yeah. Um, I had to get ready
0: and go and be with him on the NICU unit. Did anyone and help? I- Help you to get ready. Did they prepare you and bring you over?
1: Not really. No, it was me and my partner. I mean, they was asking. They was just trying. They was they had to give me antibiotics because obviously I was in preterm labour. So they was trying. They were saying there was pro- possibly an infection because they wasn't sure why I went into labour at that point. So they was just um focused on giving me medication, and um, just to make sure to clear any infection may have been there mm-hmm. um, and I think we, to be honest at that point I was just sort of fed up with the whole treatment and you know I was just feeling like my voice wasn't being heard I just you know at that point I was fed up I was tired I just wanted to be with my son get ready and be with my son
0: yeah yeah you know and um when you went over to your son how long how long did it take for you to be able to go and see your son and did they um did they offer to bring you over on a wheelchair or offer you a wheelchair or did you have to walk over to your son
1: i had to walk they did they did actually offer okay. a wheelchair. yeah they did offer, but it was about about an hour because they had to make sure he was stable mm-hmm. and stuff
0: they intubated him in the the delivery room, but I had, they had to make sure everything, you know, get him in the, um in his incubator and everything like that. So I would say it was about an hour or so. Mhm. And was um, so he was your um, Kian was by with him, by himself, and your husband, your partner, um, Anthony was with you. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So you've gone over to the um special care and just tell us a little bit about that
1: um he went off to a special care we met his um nurse and um yeah it was for me obviously that was the first time i've my first pre- premature i've never had a premature child mm-hmm. uh, before so it it felt it felt daunting there's a lot of beeping the machines yeah. um, and he was just so tiny he was just really, really tiny, so it felt a bit daunting. But his nurse and his doctor, um, they they were actually really amazing. They're very reassuring. They were happy with um, you know his initial prospects, and they were above average for a premature baby. Mm-hmm. So that was reassuring for both of us. You know, we felt we felt good amidst the circumstances. Mm-hmm yeah and uh his doctor his nurse was um she was she was she was really helpful in the sense that she was just like you know if you want to hold him just let us know it would be good you know for him for you to do the kangaroo hold so he gets used to you know that the feeling of
2: you and etc she was she was really really good actually that's good
0: that's good. That's good that's nice so it is really good to know that once you went to special care that they was really nice and sensitive to you because it's um, really important to have to have that. And, um, you know, everyone's emotions are really on up and down and we don't know how to sort of deal with the situation. I'm guessing because of it is a new experience and, um, you know, it is. Like one of the most heartfelt things that any mother can go through or any parent can go through, and um, to be honest, all you need is for people to be around you, to be supportive and to be nice, and um, you know, and to just listen, really. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so d- did they um did they have a plan for your um Cayenne when he was in special care? Did they um. Told you anything that you may need to do? Did they provide a room for you to stay in the hospital for a little while? And how did that process go for you? Was you discharged early? Was you supported with how you want to feed your baby? How did that go? Yeah, um. Yeah, well, yeah,
1: because of the the proximity of where we lived to the hospital, they didn't actually provide a room. Although I did ask, they did. They said that um rooms were provided to those that lived further away from the hospital um, unless there was you know uh, special circumstances so because no. Kyan was above average um, for a premature baby in terms of his, his prospects at the time of birth and we lived uh, about 10 minutes drive from the hospital we wasn't provided a room. I was actually in the um, internal ward for three days being discharged.
0: The maternal ward.
1: Yeah. So he was in NICU and I was in the um, ward
0: where uh, mothers had babies. You know, where they're brought after birth with their babies, which was really, really hard for me. It was really what for you? Say that again.
1: Really hard. It was really hard because obviously Kyan was in the NICU and I was in in um. The ward with mothers to have
0: their babies yeah it is really hard and um this isn't actually the first time that this has happened and yeah. um I, like i've i have witnessed this happening before and it's really distressing did they put you in a side room or did you they put you on the open ward it was an open ward
1: i asked for a room outside of maternal the maternal ward or a side room and they just didn't they didn't have it they didn't have room they didn't have a, a, an extra room where i could stay uh, i even asked to stay on a, a suite that isn't you know not even anything to do with with babies you yeah. know just so i didn't hear because it, it you can imagine if you
0: don't of, have your child but like you can course. hear people's babies and uh, you know, they're mm-hmm. making noise or crying or just you know just
1: hear the baby sound is hard for a mother who doesn't have their child with them at that time it's very very
0: distressing stressful. yeah, yeah that's um that's really bad and um did you want to speak about the hospital you had your baby or you want to keep that out of it what the name of the hospital yeah it's homerton Homerton hospital homerton hospital yeah Yeah, it's really it's really bad actually that they did not um have have that facility available and um to be honest it's not that's not the first that i've um also witnessed that Happening, and um, it is very distressing. And I think this is I'm not too sure what they have in place to support women with this, but there should definitely be more in place oh, yeah. because of um you know you're dealing with a lot, and you know just Absolutely. you know your emotions are or you know all over the place, and if they want to help to protect postnatal depression that would be oh. one of the first things they should definitely think of you know in regards Absolutely. to a mother not having a child and you've got to then be next to most probably next to cubicles with uh, women with their babies talking yeah. about what they're doing with their babies talking about going home with their babies exactly. you know having visitors and everyone congratulating them and happy smiles exactly. and you know this is really um that is really <laughs>
1: yeah it's true it's traumatic because you know being on that ward is 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 for me every every time i've been in on a maternal school it's it's a happy moment although i was happy my baby came
0: and yeah he's
1: possibly looking good i couldn't i wasn't able to enjoy him yeah i wasn't able to
0: enjoy him the way i wanted to Mm -hmm. so very it can can be very traumatic definitely i'm sorry that you had to experience that that was um that was not supportive of um the hospital, and I'm sure they could have um found something. Or uh, did you speak with just your midwife, or has anyone seen you? I, I spoke with
1: quite a few people. I spoke with my midwife. I spoke with um the head nurse on the maternal ward. I spoke even with my do- uh Cayens um doctor and nurse, but nobody could provide anything. They just said things are out of their control. You know, in terms of providing me a room where I didn't have to be ex- um, around other
0: mothers and babies. Because you know, they do have a facility that if you wanted to have a room, they would sometimes allow people. Um, if they just with, without having to go through your circumstances, they generally would say, you know, if you want a side room, then you can pay for a side room. And um, also, I know that they do cer They do actually do. Um, some hospitals do have rooms and I'm sure and does as well have rooms which are available for for women that may be grieving and so forth and um, so with your your asking I'm sure that there was ways that they could have accommodated but did they say that everything was full or that they couldn't help you
1: yeah they just said that they don't have the availability at that time they didn't have it that's what they said
0: Okay, yes. Sorry to
1: hear Which, that. Yeah, that's that's okay. Which is, um, I found it interesting because on the day that he took a turn for the worst... Yeah. on the That's when we
2: was offered a room to stay. To stay? Which I, yeah, we was offered a room to stay on
0: the day that he took a turn for the worst. Okay, so basically it's like depending on your category...
1: Yeah,
0: then you can get that. Otherwise, um, basically they felt that it wasn't, wasn't um necessary maybe. Yeah. Stages when you first had him, even though he was only um twenty three weeks. Twenty seven.
1: Twenty seven weeks. Sorry, twenty
0: seven weeks when he was born. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Alright. Sorry about that. Um. So. In regards to when you was... um did, did they offer... Did they ask you how you wanted to feed your baby? Did you express or did they offer your baby... What did they offer your baby to feed? How did that all go? and um the initially, They really wanted
1: me to, um, you know, express straight away. But my milk... After birth, my milk wasn't coming in. That we tried. I got a... Um, breastfeeding nurse, she was fantastic. Her mm-hmm. name was Kate. Um that's she good. was really, really good. She 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 was trying to help me as best she can, but my milk was just not coming. So what she did get initially was a few drops
0: of colostrum. But yeah. in the interim the mom waiting for my milk he was given um a little bit of donor milk until my Okay. Milk, that's that's good.
1: Yeah. Until my milk came through. But Kate she Anytime time she was available, she would um, come to me, whether I was, you know, with Kyan on his, in the NICU or in my room in the maternal suite, she would come and, you know, help me to massage, massage my breast to get as much milk out, because it had to go in, you know, like, the little... Syringe. You know, syringe exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it had to, we had to literally get every drop of milk into that tiny syringe, so you can just imagine yeah. how difficult... That was, but she was fantastic. That's she
0: good. just told me a massage and my breast to get the milk into the syringe and just um, then store it for him. Um, that's, really that's really good that she had that support and um, it wasn't just sort of left for you to just um, sort of, you know, realize or or to think about or to do alone, and um, that yeah. support was there because of um You know, your body's going through a lot your yeah. mind's going through a lot and to have someone just sort of bringing you back down and just thinking look come on we need to do this and they're helping you to do this yeah. instead of just telling you you know go and do this by yourself i guess yeah it, it is it is um supportive and i'm actually glad to hear that they did give your baby donor milk and um they was able to actually offer and um, support you with you know getting that for, for your baby because of um yeah it's like in regards to providing your baby with breast milk and, um, your breast milk or donor milk is, um, really, really good for your baby as well. So, and beneficial. So it was good that they took the option. That was the best option in feeding your baby. Um, yeah. So when you went home and you was discharged, um, how, how did the discharge process feel? And, um, you know, in regards to going back up to the hospital, how was that? Yeah, it
1: was, yeah, it was. It's hard because you don't want to leave. I didn't want to leave my son, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, due to a bed space and et cetera. And I was, I was okay in terms of um my health. There wasn't any further issues. Mm-hmm. I was on antibiotics. Yeah. Um, and they they saw it fit for me to go home. So that was hard. That was really really hard to leave the hospital. Did you? No.
0: Did they ask you if you're ready to go home, or did they say we have to discharge you?
1: Yeah, they did ask, and I said, no, I'm not ready. I'm going to stay with my son. I want to stay with my with my son. And we we did try to ask if there was any room space available, and they was like, no. They needed the, um, the bed space where I was, and, um, yeah, they didn't have any provision for, for me to stay. So I wasn't happy about that, but I... To
0: leave. No, oh.
1: That was three days. Three days after
0: I gave birth. Three days?
1: Yeah. Oh. For 21 days. That's so, right. yeah, that was hard. The back and forth, although we just lived a 10-minute drive, right, it was still very hard. Definitely. You know, it was still very hard because I had to, um, I would say, express milk, come home, still be a mother, Um, you know... And my my first son, he was he was still quite young at that time. It was like seventeen months, so that was it was it was a juggling act. So it was really really sort of yeah mud in terms of the back and forth, back and forth. But, um, you had to make it work. Had to make it work for me. Spend as much time as we could because at the hospital, obviously, a lot. You know, just didn't want to leave. So I was there from
0: very early, very late. Yeah, oh, and um, so in regards to that space between you going back and forth all those days, did there was there any like emotional support offered to you, or was it that you'll just go in, see your baby, try and feed your baby, express, and then go home? Was there any um support like offered to you for your emotions, or you know, like any emotional? mental support counseling nothing nothing literally nothing that
1: that's what you just mentioned going in you know expressing well i after a few days i i got my own um breast pump so i used to wake up really early to express because i found that when i was going to the hospital spending a lot of time in the breastfeeding room they're expressing room mm. to express milk, and I just felt that was like time lost with my son. So I just started to wake up early, express, bring in the, um, the milk, and spend as much time that I could with him. But in that interim, no, we wasn't. I wasn't offered any support. Anthony certainly wasn't. You know, mm. so
0: that's actually a good point because no, we wasn't. We wasn't offered any thought of support whatsoever. Oh, it was just okay you come to see your baby you know yeah. see see what we're medically doing to your baby we would update you have you yeah. got have you got the milk okay goodbye see you next see you tomorrow or later okay. that it was just sort of like that yeah that
1: that's how it felt his 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 nurse he had two main nurses they were really good they would ask if i'm okay you know and i'll be like you know express how I feel and stuff but there wasn't no sort of external you know emotional support offered besides you know the the face-to-face sort of conversation that we would have with 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 his nurses I suppose that's their job is to be his nurse you know what I mean
0: yeah there was no support for you yeah so did you not have like um because if they discharged you at three days, did they not follow up and see you again up to day ten? Did yeah, I had um like midwife, midwife
1: that was based at home, but she works in the community. They did, they did send, oh, a midwife.
0: And did um, she, did she speak to you about additional support or anything, or was it just money to do with your checks and to discharge you? Yeah, she
1: did. She did. she. she did my checks and she did arcs and I did mention to her that I'm it's it's you know it's a bit of a juggling act and you know, it's just a bit my my emotions were high very very high at yeah. that point it's you know I didn't really yeah couldn't really comprehend everything that was sort of going on around me I did mention that to her and um, we didn't get no
0: follow up or anything nothing like nothing was unfair no and um, did you get assigned over to a health visitor did a health visitor come to see you or
1: yeah health visitor um,
0: and, and did she did she do anything in regards to getting additional support or offering anything to you no no okay No, checking my health visitor was just checking how you
1: know my physical
0: health my blood pressure um yeah and that was no. it Okay, so, um, when you, when you speak to us a bit more about the day when things took a turn, and, um, if you just sort of, um, speak on that, and we'll go on to what happened there afterwards. Yeah, so, on
1: the 4th of January, it was early in the morning, so I was actually expressing my milk the day that I got the phone call, which, when I got the phone call, I knew, you know that got feeling, I just knew, because normally I would express my milk, then call, see how he's doing, and be on my way to him, but they called before I made the call, if that makes sense, so, mm-hmm. at the time that I was getting the call, I knew something was up, so they said, oh, you know, Kyan had to be placed on a bigger ventilating machine, because... Um, Bob sort of went down and I was like okay so I got that call and I just made my way straight I stopped breastfeeding and I took what I had and I just made my way to the hospital Um, yeah so they had to take him because a couple of days before they were thinking about moving him taking him off the CPAP which is like a breathing aid mm-hmm. and putting him on a lesser sort of form of support so when I got that call it was very very I was shocked mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was doing really well, so I went up to the hospital and he was, he had like a bigger breathing, he was in a bigger breathing machine that was doing the uh, breathing for him mm-hmm. and uh, they were sort of trying to find out what happened, you know, taking blood samples etc mm-hmm. from him, okay. but um, at
2: that
1: point it was quite manic because they just didn't know what had had happened up until that point. They didn't know what had happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a weird moment.
0: It was just really really weird. We was just as confused. Yeah. As you know. Just as yeah.
1: Confused.
0: So, so um. After did anyone explain anything to you? did anyone see you, or was it just that you was there watching on? Um, because when
1: I went there, there was faces that I had never seen before, like uh, medical professionals that I had never seen throughout Mm -hmm. his care there. So they was just the lady that I spoke to when I got there, who was around his cot, um, doing you know doing his checks and like she was just focused on. Supporting my son, so she said. She said, and um, we're just trying to find out what is going on. Um, and that somebody would be there to speak to me after. So I was just sort of, sort of there. I just felt like I was just there at that time. Um, yeah. But they couldn't. They didn't. They didn't really know what was going on
0: at that time. Okay, so how long did it take before they updated what was exactly going on and what may have unfolded afterwards? No,
1: I would say it was a couple of hours. It was a few hours. They just said that after they did his blood samples. But sometimes it can take a while for things actually to show. Yeah. Like when they did the blood sample beforehand, it would be like it would take like three days.
0: Yeah, they do a blood culture. They send it and yeah, then they see if anything culture. grows.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, they was checking his blood and stuff, and they was giving him um medication because suspected infection just because of how his observations and everything changed but it wasn't after until um after he passed away that they found like i told you morganella morganella Mm -hmm. morganella it's like a gram negative bacteria which is usually found in like in um our intestinal tract but we don't know where he got that from absolutely yeah. up until this day i mean for 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 this my situation if there's a lot of ongoing you know there's a lot of things that i i was unhappy about so it's it's currently ongoing like the investigation because i'm you know i weren't happy so i let the hospital know in writing and everything so there's a lot ongoing which has come to a halt due to the current due to the current climate with everything that's going on um so yeah, mm. there's investigation going
0: on about his care and you know how everything unfolded and my treatment and Anthony's treatment. So yeah, we're just waiting. Yeah, because of um, that that. For that to just sort of erupt just like that, it is a bit strange. Yeah. And um, especially because he was doing so well for how many weeks yeah. he was doing well before that happened as well. It was just literally the day of. Like that, so the day he passed away. It was day twenty one. So the day before, January twenty
1: third. Yeah. He, he was absolutely, but like he was fine. He and was so, absolutely fine. They was thinking of moving him from NICU to the special get the skaboo. Sc- so he was in in neonatal intensive care. They wanted to take him out of there to move him to you know less less oxygen support yeah. into the other room. So that's that's really strange
0: how everything unfolded mm. and then um so did someone so then someone have spoke to you and said you know how did that happen and um when they did tell you what did they what was offered to you um when he passed
1: well we was given us after he passed
0: away well you know as just and um, if you just explain like yeah you can speak about it from afterwards or as it happened and what was offered to you what did they how did they treat you you know what was offered to you
1: nothing we were just went into you know after <coughs> excuse me while they was around his car, it was really really distressing they was saying that um art started went to go into a side room. Um, I did because there was a lot of prodding and poking on him, and I just couldn't, just couldn't um, watch that. So we went into. It was like the start. It was like a staff room in the neonatal care, which was like literally around the corner from his
0: ward. Which is like a shared room, room, yeah. It
1: it was a staff room. That's where it was like a a staff room where the staff, you know, had their lockers and stuff. Yeah. So I was sort of back and forth and then you had like um, different nurses coming and giving us updates and stuff of um, how he was doing, so I was sort of in and out, but it just felt really, it was a bit chaotic, it was very chaotic because there was loads of professionals around his Mm cot trying to determine, trying to establish, you know, what was going on and trying to get him as comfortable as possible, but... Yeah, but so we wasn't
0: offered any, any of uh, emotional support, no. Um, so how long did you, when he passed, um, did they let you see him afterwards or like... Oh, yeah. Yeah? Was yeah, you able yeah. to hold him? Yeah, we were so able to hold him.
1: Yeah?
0: They dressed him or did they let you dress him or anything like that?
1: Yeah, no, they did ask if we wanted to dress him. But
0: they dropped him because I just I just couldn't. Yeah, and um, so you know when when this happened, you was in your side room by then, like, or was you still in the staff room?
1: No, we were still in the staff room.
0: That's the only space they had available.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. and um, so even when you when they when you they brought him to see you, where was you then?
1: in the staff room
0: in the staff room
1: yeah
0: so they made you sort of say goodbye in the staff room
1: it was was in the staff room that's the only room that was available from his um, where he was his room like his little ward that had like six cots and it, six babies and yeah it was in the staff room literally in the staff room which was situated opposite the breastfeeding breastfeeding room Right, their little room where their staff members bring in their... Like, they have their
0: lockers and stuff. That's where they made you say goodbye? And that's when you last saw your son? Yeah. In that space? Yeah. Sorry, but this... that They could have given you a better room. They have, side, like, nice side rooms for grieving parents to go in. And I know that. And... A staff room, I don't think is it's not a comfortable space for you to really be saying goodbye to your son with people that's coming in and out. That not everyone's gonna know about your situation because it's a staff room. Um, yeah, and that happened. There was because um, obviously the nurses
1: they have shifts, so there was um, a couple of nurses that came in. Obviously, that knew our faces, so they came in. Um, kind of hadn't been brought to us at that time. But
0: he had passed away. Mm-hmm. There was people that nurses that came in and saw us in that state. In that state. Yeah. That's really so. that's really bad. So sorry about that. That is really that is really bad. Like they should have put you in a nice space so to just even help with the process. A nice private space, you know? Like that's 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 not good. Um, I'm so sorry that you had to experience that, and that was the last place that you was in with your son. You know, um. So from there, once you saw your son, how long did you get to stay with him before they took him away? Ah,
1: uh, that was for a long while. They said, um, whenever we're ready, so yeah, to sort of stay there for
0: a little while actually, for a little while, okay. before And then when you left, was there anything offered to you or was it, you know, just like, okay, sign these papers and some... No, we didn't even, we didn't
1: sign anything. We just, so when we, when, when we finished, um, when we sort of was ready.
0: Did they give you any papers or anything? No, I
1: don't, I don't recall. We, no you just... no we wasn't we wasn't so we said goodbye and then we left
0: did they give you any leaflets in regards to where to get support how to how to get support how to who to speak to in regards to your grievance did they no I'll tell you i told you
1: what we was given sorry we was given a sans pack that
0: there's still still birth and neonatal the, the death in those hands
1: it was given that pack
0: was it explained uh, to you did there someone speak to you in regards to it, it or model. did you just, just hand it to you
1: yeah it was just given it was everything was just very perfunctory it was just like very mechanical that's what I, that's something that I've, I've put in um my um the you know the ongoing investigation it just felt very 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 clinical like no sort of emulsion behind besides his nurses and his doctor, two nurses and his consultant you know they they felt human mm-hmm. in in their dealings with us, you know yeah other than that, no, everything felt really perfunctory a sand pack and um yeah we we went home went home after that and then yeah it was then dealing with bereave- uh, bereavement midwives after that which is a whole, there's only two bereavement midwives at the time, I'm not sure if it's different now.
0: Yeah I think but... it's probably around two, it might just be two different ones.
1: And yeah so the lady that we'd done most of the dealings with uh just, it was just, it was very
0: horrific, to say, the least. To say Could, the least. Can you elaborate on that? It's really it was, bad, but uh, sorry to hear that. But um, can you just what what was the process? How? Um, because uh,
1: after he passed away, a lot of the contact then was via the phone. So her initial call, she just explained that you know she would be sort of giving us support inadvertent commenced throughout you know throughout the time um she would give us like dates or times that she would call and if you can Im- if you can imagine like you know we want as much information as possible after his passing some of the dates there was about three occasions where she gave us dates and times and she didn't contact until the next day no but
0: no form of contact. You about it now. I'm so... I'm so hungry. sorry. Yeah, because of, you know, you're eager to know what's going on with your child, you know, and that phone call you're sort of, you know, yearning for just because if it's the closest you're going to get to your son, in a way, isn't it? In yeah. regards to finding out what's going on, that there are, there are the professionals that's dealing with this. Yeah. You know, and then to be... Sort of, not knowing if someone's gonna call and you know not having that call is a big you know lack of trust afterwards.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that it
0: that a with lot this, of anxiety. Yeah, it did, it did,
1: and that's part of part of my um complaint as well. She she just it's like we had to dictate to her how to do. Her job. 'Cause she just didn't she didn't seem to know what she was doing and um even when she missed the appointments, telephone appointments, it was like, Oh well, you know, um, it was out of my control, um the consultant wasn't available at, for the appointment at that time, but you know, I was just trying to get it through to her in the nicest way possible. Even if, you know, the consultant wasn't available, let us know. Yeah. Take two minutes. Two minutes to call and say, you know, I'm really, really sorry, but we're not gonna have this like today. You know, but she would just leave it. And right. she's done that about three on three three occasions, even after us expressing how we felt.
0: And she didn't apologize.
1: She said sorry. She did say sorry, but it was It's not it, enough, it, isn't it? Yeah, generic, generic sorry. But um yeah. Um yeah, that was that that wasn't a nice experience at all, and even before you know, when after he passed away, we got to see him again. When we went to the uh, hospital to see him again, um when we got there to find out where exactly we had to go to what room we had to go to, there mm-hmm. oh was waiting for like forty five minutes. We had like at say 11, ten past eleven appointment, and. and we didn't... We got round to her. Her phone was off, going to voicemail. And we didn't really get to see him till about to 12. Because her phone was off.
0: And that, so was the, to, that was the bereavement midwife's phone. Oh.
1: Yeah, the bereavement midwife. We had to speak to reception to locate her. And then she came to the reception area in the foyer to meet us. And
0: then she said, sorry, her battery had died. I nice. yeah and she knew she had an appointment with you yeah 10 past 11
1: oh dear oh yeah
0: it's
1: a lot it, it, it just talking about it, it's just sort of evoking all the emotions but it's 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 not good and i really hope that you know not other parents have to go through that i mean the yeah. aftercare was horrific oh. absolutely horrific Considering
0: the circumstances, you know, it's just yeah. You know, and so once, once, how long did she stay part of um the support for you when you was going through the bereavement? Was she there with you, or for you for a period of time, or was it how long was that? And um, was did you? It
1: was um. She kept contact. To be honest, Ruth, I said I didn't want her because it was just too much she she
2: yeah.
1: she said she was gonna um she said that she was gonna attend his funeral and stuff, and I thought initially I was like okay, but in my head, I was sort of thinking why you know, let us just deal. but then I was sort of thinking, okay, it's a nice gesture, but she didn't she, i didn't I didn't say anything to her, I was just you know going through my head with, yeah. with everything um considering how she was you know how she dealt with us to begin with but anyway i was i had in my head that she would attend his funeral but we when we when his funeral came she didn't there was no contact made no way yeah she didn't attend she didn't call like she said she would she didn't attend and yeah after that we didn't hear from her Um,
0: You you didn't hear nothing from her that was just the end of it
1: yeah, that was the end of it, and I made it known to um um my son's consultant. His his name's Doctor Narinda. He's he's just he was just like um at that time he was like an earth angel. That's the only way I could describe him at that time. Because he, although you know he's he's a neonatal consultant, it's like he was he was doing.
0: What the bereavement midwives should have been doing. Oh, so sorry to hear this, um, Stacey. That's um really really bad. And I'm guessing that apart from the information they gave you for SANS, you wasn't given no other support, um, information of any counselling or any therapy or anything like that.
1: No, in the sands pack that I, um.
0: When risk- I started going through it later there was like
1: different leaflets mm-hmm. that, you know, sort of signposted us to different um emotional support groups and stuff like that. But it it wasn't really
0: um, taken through it, if you know what I mean. I mean Yeah, it was just like you figure it out yourself kind of yeah, thing and give a bit basically. Go and get support if you want to and go and find yes. it and see what works for you. We can't really
1: That's how it felt. And I was
0: like, in hindsight,
1: um, is that very dangerous? Mhm. It is. <laughs> Potentially very dangerous, isn't you
0: know? it? It is. And um, to be honest, it's it's actually I feel I believe this is happening way too much. And um, you know, people it's very it's very difficult at times. You it's hard for you to go through what you're going through and then reach out to people and say, you know, yeah. I need support because you're still trying to comprehend what's actually right. happening, and exactly. then you feel you feel worried that when you do speak out, that if 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 anyone's going to have an understanding, or you know, or feel yeah. feel your pain, you know, or even know how to ease your pain without you know being gentle with their words, because sometimes people yeah. have some you know some people that they don't know how to respond, and sometimes how they respond can sometimes have a negative impact more than a positive so you're a bit scared at that time yeah am i right or like cause, mm, absolutely, yeah. so absolutely. you know it, it and the worst thing is you know having having a baby having to go through that still having to look after your other children having to take mm. care of yourself it can it can really be you know it can really mess with your mental health uh yeah. you know and um to not have no support not to be offered no support not and um to be honest that what that midwife that treatment midwife did that could have you know really helped you to to, to go into a deeper you know of, of a downer because you might have been yeah. holding on to her for for that support and for her to just you know to not turn up not respond and exactly. you know to not to not try and build up that trust with you is yeah. is, is, is is not nice um yeah. It's not nice. Um what did you, did you find did you after all of this, did you find what did you find helped you the most and even though I know you can never say that you've a hundred percent healed and gotten over such a you know, such a heart f heartbreaking thing, you know? Um, but what do you think helped you? Um
1: For me your... I would say it was writing i like to write yeah i like to write and um i like music i like poetry so for me that just helped a lot i mean it still does mm-hmm. but that was my own sort of outlet you know that was my outlet just writing and um, talking about it you know it's a hard situation to talk about to other people but definitely i just felt like just just talking about what happened with you know my immediate circle
0: yeah and it's it's really important and um i'm really thankful that you shared this journey that you've this experience that you've been through and um because there there are many people that actually do go through these things and maybe feel just how you feel and don't know what they can do in regards to getting that support and just sometimes hearing someone else's story helps them to have that comfort in regards to knowing that you know it wasn't just them they didn't do anything wrong what was yeah. normal what wasn't normal you know yeah. and um also as well in regards to sharing this story is maybe i'm hoping that it would help some practitioners reflect on how they're doing their job and how harmful some things can be sometimes mm-hmm. you know saying that we, oh, we don't have any space available not looking for that space and right. that availability yeah. just the little the things that they would think is something minor to them maybe like because of it is it is not minor it's actually something major that can make it you know but Absolutely. but some things that maybe was overlooked, maybe they see it from a different perspective and actually you know change the way they're doing their practice, even My in God. regards to that bereavement mid midwife like maybe she if she she would take more- te- pay more attention or any God. any other bereavement midwife would pay more attention to to basically do as they say you know yeah, do do what absolutely. they promised do what you promised you don't promise yeah, to do great. something you know see it through or, yeah. or 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 follow it up and you know and you know try to not give you know people false information false promises yeah. of doing something and um not being able to to live up to it you know whatever the circumstances may be if she for whatever reason especially saying she's going to attend to the funeral how does she know that you may have not had any family support and it might have just been you and your husband and you might have been really you know holding on to seeing her there and if that was the case and she never turned up where was the follow up phone call to you know just to see how things go to just let them know that you know we are still here and there to support you and um you know it's so sad that you had to go through this and um many many there are many um women that are actually going through this and sometimes there is also like biases within the system that will treat will treat others better than the other you know um do you think that may have um, played part as a black mother do you think that you felt that you was treated equally or you felt that maybe some of this was part of biases or do you think that was just the way that they mechanically worked in their system
1: no I think there was there was some sort of bias there and I have said this um to um, my son's consultant I felt like I was being overlooked you know because people that have been through less you know that are not black who I've spoken to since haven't had the same experience and it just you know you know makes me think why then other than me being black what what why was I treated in such a way you
0: know yeah you know and um it's it's really bad because this is this is um this is a thing whereas it is a thing it is known that there is a lot of biases that are going on yeah. within that within the nhs and within yeah. within the world but like within the nhs yeah. is definitely and it's flagging up especially now that COVID is going on people think that oh all of a sudden black people are dying at the highest rate but then no yeah this is this is something that's always been happening you know it's in it's, it's, it's to do with a lot of biases and racism okay. which is happening within the system and um this this pandemic is just something that's highlighting an issue that was yeah. going on from a very long time yeah. and um yeah i'm just really um, sorry to to that you had to experience what you experienced and um you know you are you you are a a wonderful woman and you've grown like you know i've known you for from a long time and yeah. um from 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 children from kids as, as from our childhood and um you know certain things has brought us back together you know we, yeah. we we used to be together in childhood and then we grew apart you get on with life and then certain things have brought us back together and um and even in regards to um learning learning about your situation with um kyan is also one of the other things that also has been part of what's bringing us back together and um um which has been through the process of a few years now as well isn't it Mm -hmm. and um yeah and it's just like um i'm really glad that we had this moment because if you you have grown and um you have you, i've seen your work that you do on um through your instagram and you are very inspiring you know with all that you do you know you 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 speak you speak what you know you've got you're full of knowledge you're very you know you seem like a, what people would call a strong woman but i guess sometimes when you go through so much you You have to you have to learn how to build yourself back up and um you know what you experience you have to you know for your children's sake you like you found a way to do that some people can't actually find that strength, and sometimes it spirals out of control and I'm just really glad to see that you have found that strength and that support within your own family most likely to be with yeah. your partner and um to to keep going and um like i'm sure there's many of women that would look and feel like you know oh look at stacy she's doing so well she's so beautiful she's so creative and this is just like um like there's some things happen and it builds our character and you know your character is amazing and um you're welcome and um yeah would you did you do would you like to talk about um just to mention and shout out anything that you've got going on um or would you just like to leave it there um I'm, I have got a
1: youth um first of all, I just want to say thank you, Ruth I want to say thank you, thanks for inviting me and um giving me the space to sort of share my experience and thank you for your support, you know, like in words and indeed you've been very very supportive um i do have um i started a youth group um a spoken word youth group it's called spit it out Mm -hmm. spit it out your words not gum um i've done like a podcast the other day but um, i'm gonna keep doing it um for the time being before things get to some sort of normality in terms of face-to-face work um so I've got a website, VIP. spititout.vip, um, you can have a look at um, the page there, or contact me if they want to sort of connect.
0: Mm-hmm. In... Spit it out, so what is what is the aim for this, um, for the actual th- thing that you do and spit it out, what's the aim for it, is it for the youth to talk about their experiences?
1: Exactly that is so. It's basically the the initial objective was to work with uh, marginalized youth um, that are sort of on the brink of exclusion from mainstream education. So the idea of spear it would to be um, encouraging the youth to express, you know, their their deepest innermost thoughts and feelings through music, through poetry, through rap, just through musical therapy, you know, yeah. just to um, have a have a safe space to to discuss how they really
0: really feel you know with no sort of judgment. That's really that, good. That's really yeah. good. And I guess you went through what you went through, and that helped you. And now you're using what helped you to help others. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. And um, so that's spitout.com dot com. Did you say? Spit it out dot, dot com. VIP. Dot VIP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Stacey. Thank you so you're much welcome. for joining us. And um, you. you're welcome. And anyone else that's listening, I'm going to leave some links in regards to where you can reach out and get support if you have experienced infant loss or even if you're just looking for to process everything that we spoke about and you feel that you would like to have anything, anyone to support you, any therapy, there will be some links within the podcast description. Okay. Case- okay. Stacy, I would like to yeah. say thank you for joining me. Thank you for speaking about your experiences. I know it's um it's definitely not easy to go through things in so much detail, but I'm so thankful for you to join me. Okay. Thank you for having me, Ruth. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You too. thank you for listening to the let's talk podcast by myself doula ruth dennison from one-to-one doula and breastfeeding support limited why don't you just press that button and subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode if you have any questions that you would like me to answer in one of our up and coming episodes please email me at ruth one-to-one doula at gmail.com Also, you may find it useful subscribing to my newsletter. Just visit my website at www.1to1doula.co.uk and join the mailing list. If you would like to follow me on social media and see what I am up to, you can follow me either on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook and I am at 1to1doula. I would like to wish you a great weekend and bye for now. (laughs) Bye.